revive me Revive the people The church has left the building Love's become the steeple Let it be Your name is known Nothing is held back Every glory shown Cause it's been a long, long, long time coming For his people to get in line It's been a long, long, long time coming But it's all been a matter of his time Sitting on praying hands the way it's gonna be It's been a long time coming now And I'm ready for the world to see And they'll see Revival When we see Revival We gotta live out Daily revival And there will be Revival in a new era It's never too late with God to see Abraham and Sarah Let's worship without ceasing With ourselves becoming lesser Jesus increasing It's been a long, long, long time coming For the people it's been a long, long, long time coming But it's all been a matter of his time Sitting on praying hands The way it's gonna be It's been a long time coming now And I'm ready for the world to see And they'll see Revival and we see revival We gotta live out daily revival There will be revival Revival God is finally done with me I will be who he wants me to be When God is finally done with me I will be who he wants me to be and On the way to that destiny I want to get closer Every day and on the way to that destiny, I want to get closer every day so they can see revival when we see revival. We gotta live out daily revival. There will be revival, 
So that's a new one called Revive Me. I want to talk about something that's been on my heart lately. And, um, you know, there's an epidemic among Christianity um, that has nothing to do with COVID-19, coronavirus, and has no place amongst God's people. And I'm talking about the woke church of progressive Christianity. It's a demonic thought that if parts of the Bible or who God is makes you feel uncomfortable, then you must omit that part of the text or the attribute of God himself. And I argue that if the word of God doesn't make you uncomfortable, at some point you're not reading the gospel the right way in the first place. And I recently started digging into these beliefs or non-beliefs to see how the world, how in the world this messed up theology or backwards theology has made its way into churches across America where they dilute who God is, removing the lion and leaving the lamb or making him all man and denying the deity of God himself. And two nights ago, I watched an amazing documentary called American Gospel, Jesus Crucified, which is the sequel to American Gospel, Christ Alone. Um, both are great documentaries, and I recommend them highly. Um, they're rich in theology, and they address the plagues of backwards American theology that are found in churches across this country. And uh, I thank God that we at North Point are unmoving in the fact that we stand firm on biblical truth and, le and are led by a pastor like Jack who's unwavering in the beliefs of what the Bible is and, and what it says and that every word of it is inerrant. And I thank you for that, Jack. We have to know that picking parts of God and the word that we like and leaving the rest on the plate leaves us with no God at all, but is only making our own selves the gods we want to be. And that's exactly how Satan sold the fruit in chapter 3, Genesis. And instead, let's take the Lord our God as he is all lion and all lamb, all God and all man. Shouts and horns the same 
mighty warrior Mighty warrior All I am, all am The one and only the I am He is the Alpha The Omega No praise be towards him. All praise be towards him. Well, good morning. Uh, and as Justin said, here we go again. Uh, last week we had. Uh, 185 people here in the building and uh, now we're back to to empty seats and no noise and uh, it's a big big change uh we knew there was a possibility of having to to go back to that and we were hoping that that it wouldn't but here we are and uh like we've said in the past uh we we want to keep everyone as safe as possible, and and when we make these decisions, you don't know whether it's right or wrong, or or you're conflicted. But uh, we we did what we felt like was best, and uh, so I do uh, thank the Lord, and uh, it is a positive thing that we can have worship on Facebook and. Uh, continue to connect uh, even when we're not together. So I am thankful for that. So just continue to pray for those that that have the virus and are, are going through that right now. Pray for their families because I know that's an anxious time for them. Uh, uh, this past week, uh, we've been praying for Robert Blanton. I talked with him uh, this morning, coming to church, and uh, he's getting to come home today. Uh, he did have a mild heart attack, uh, and they fixed it uh, with a stent or two stents. And so he's now on the Jack Phillips plan of, of exercise, eating right, and taking medicine. So uh, he did say he wanted to let everybody know he appreciated the prayers. Uh, they felt the prayers, and uh, it, it made a big difference. So we're thankful that Robert uh, is coming home today, uh, that he is uh, better, and that they, they were able uh, to fix the problem. So uh, we're, we're thankful for that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will dive into to God's Word today. Uh, Lord, we love you. Uh, we do lift uh, the individuals uh, that are facing the virus and going through uh, that as we speak. Uh, we pray that you'd be with them and that you'd be with their doctors, be with the medicines that they may be taking, and be with their families as they minister to them and, and love them during, during a difficult time. We do praise you for uh, Robert getting his problem fixed, and uh, we just pray that you would give him the strength uh, to go through rehab, to to change his eating habits, and to to get back where he needs to be. And so we lift him and 
and his family to you. And so, Lord, we, we just uh, pray today uh, that as we open your word that you would, uh, you would help us to be focused and that you would clear our, clear our minds, clear our spirits so that we could connect with you in a deep, meaningful way today. And that, Lord, our relationship with you today would be uh, growing, that it would be stronger, and that, Lord, there would be a, a, a deep, big connection today. And God, we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, today, uh, going to be speaking, and I, I, would, I, never, I never give my, my sermons titles, uh, but uh, last week was kind of on drifting. And for whatever reason, uh, the Lord has led me in that same direction this week, and it, it done so in a, in a heavy way. A uh, couple of, of the same scriptures, but some different scriptures. And uh, in the past, when, when that would happen, when I'd feel like, well, I'm preaching the same sermon again this Sunday, I, I would fight it. I would struggle with it. I would argue with God. And so I've learned over the years that, especially when it's that heavy on me, that it means that somebody was here last Sunday and needs to hear this again, or somebody wasn't here and is listening today and needs to hear it. And so the question is, is it for a person or multiple people? Uh, I don't have a clue. Uh, but I've learned to go with God, and so that's what I'm going to do today. And so this is, if I did have to title a sermon, this would be Drifting Part 2. And hopefully, uh, uh, and I know God will make sense of this sermon and make the connection he needs to. And I just challenge you, uh, if if the Lord uses this message and you feel like it may be you that he's speaking to, those that are involved with North Point, uh, text me or let me know. Uh, if you're looking at Facebook and you don't have a connection with uh, North Point, you can still let us know. You can write us at North Point Church, Box 1334, uh, Gaffney, South Carolina, 29342. So uh, we encourage you to connect with us uh, that way as well. So anyway, we, I have a bunch of scripture as I normally do uh, today. Uh, we'll get right into it uh, this passage started off with last week, and it's Hebrews chapter 2, starting with verse 1. And it says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth. And I mentioned this last week. We know here that truth is a person. His name is Jesus. So uh, listen very carefully to the truth. Listen very carefully to Jesus. Listen very carefully to his word. Be connected and, and know. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. And I said this last week, I say it today, uh, we all go through drifting at some point in that spiritual journey. Uh, sometimes people don't like to talk about it. Sometimes people don't like to admit it. Uh, but it is, it is natural. It is something that happens. And uh, then as you grow, you just need to figure out when it happens, not to drift as far and to be able to come back and reconnect as, as soon as you possibly can. It says here that when we, uh, 
are not focused on the truth or when we're not listening to the truth, there's that possibility of drifting away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders, various miracles, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. And that just wasn't for when the disciples were living. That that wasn't just in the Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, God still shows up and shows out today. And that's very evident. I'm thankful to be a part of a church, a part of a staff, part of home group leaders uh, that look for God moments, that look for when the Holy Spirit shows up and acknowledges it, grabs hold to it, and wants more of it. And so that's that's what we're talking about today. Now, we're going to look uh, at a sequence. Uh, we're going to start in, in Matthew uh, we've done this before. We've looked at this sequence before, but it's a different application today. And it's a sequence of Peter. And, and we all know that Peter was a, a strong, vocal, uh, bold, uh, and yet vulnerable disciple. And so we're going to look at his process, his relationship with Jesus, and how it deals with this, what we're talking about, drifting uh, today. In uh, Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse uh, 13, uh, we, we read this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So right now he's with his small group. He's with his home group. And they're having discussions. That's why we push home groups. So you can do what they're doing here and have that intimacy, have that quality time, have that time for discussion. And that's what's happening with Jesus and the disciples. And he poses the question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, he, so he, he, he gets the answer, but then he wants to go deeper. He dwells and he prods and he, he asks a second question. And so then he asks, but who do you say that I am? So then he takes that same question and he, he, he had asked, who do the people say that I am? And then he turns it to his disciples. In this intimate setting, in this time of, of quality, he wants to know what their thoughts are. He wants to know where they're at. And so he says, who do you say I am? Once again, Peter being bold, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus says, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because the father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, that's a bold statement. That's an encouraging statement. I, I think most of us, if we were in a small setting with Jesus, would, would light up at Jesus saying that to us. Upon this rock, 
I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Now he's talking about power here. He's talking about authority. He's talking about responsibility. And there's pressure in that. There was pressure in it when he delivered that to Peter. There's pressure in that today. Then he sternly warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Now, from this point on, and this is immediately after this happened, from this point on, he began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Now, look at verse 22. When, when he's saying this, and I, I've, I've said this many, many times, this is a, a natural reaction if you love somebody. This is a natural reaction if you have a, a relationship with somebody that runs deep. Peter took him aside and he, he began to reprimand him for saying such things. And he said, heaven forbid, Lord, that this would ever happen to you. So Peter goes to him and he says, Man, I don't, don't, don't teach that. Don't say that. We don't want to hear that. Now, Jesus has just said that he was the rock and upon that rock he was going to build his church. And in verse 23, he looks at Peter and he says, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap for me. And and, and he says to him what he could say to us today as Christians because he looks at Peter and he says, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. That's the challenge today for me as a pastor. That's the challenge today for our staff. That's the challenge today for the church. It's the challenge today for Christians everywhere to see everything from the viewpoint of Christ. It's a lot of responsibility. That's what we're called to do. And it's hard. It's not easy. There's good days. There's bad days. There's days that, like Peter, we're going to get a pat on the back and an attaboy, and then they are those days, and this is just... Natural, it happened with Peter, it happened with all the disciples, it happens with us today when the Lord says, you're getting off track. You're drifting. You're seeing things with human eyes and not with God's eyes. And that's what happened here with Peter. Now, we see once again with Peter in Luke chapter 22, Starting with verse 31, this is when Jesus was headed to the cross. And Jesus tells Peter, he says, Simon, Satan is asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Now, here, here was Jesus saying that he was praying for Peter because he knew what Peter was going to face. And he knew human being the human that Peter was that there there was that weakness there was there was that vulnerability there was there was that 
tendency to mess up. God knew that for Peter. God knows that today for me. And God knows that today for all Christians everywhere. We have to be aware of it. And we have to know when it's happening and, and get a good gauge so that we don't continue to drift and we don't drift so far that it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of focus to get back. I've pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your face should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Now, he already says this. He says, so when you, when you have repented, and at this time, Peter don't even know what he's going to be repenting for, strengthen your brothers. So he's telling them in advance what he wants him to do. Peter said, Lord, now here's once again the human side of it, and here's where we, we tend to be sometimes. He said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die for you. Now here's the deal. When Peter said that, I think he 1,000% believed what he was saying. I believe that he was 1,000% on board with that at that particular period in time. But Jesus knew what was ahead, and Peter didn't. But Peter thought he did. Now, Jesus in verse 34 says this to Peter. He says, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows, tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even knew me. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Now, I don't think Peter believed that that was possible. And yet, we'll see real quick that it was. In Luke chapter 22, starting with verse 54, it says, So they arrested Jesus and led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. He didn't want to be seen. He... He didn't want to be associated. He wanted to know what was happening, but he didn't want to be in the thick of things. So he followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. And finally she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. That's one. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, I'm not, Peter retorted. That's two. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Now, I wonder during the sequence if he realized what he was doing. I wonder if it took the rooster crowing for it to jar his memory back to a conversation that he had with Jesus. Jesus. 
Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And here's the kicker at verse 61. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Now, for any of us, most of us, that would be a kick in the gut. That would be the slap in the face. That would be the falling off of the mountain. Realizing that what Jesus said had come true, but then knowing that Jesus had told you, and now Jesus in his hour of need, Jesus, when he needs his disciples most, is looking Peter in the eyes when he denies him the third time and the rooster crows. So at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter and suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Now, Peter was a bold disciple. Peter, Peter loved Christ with all his heart. And yet, at this point in his life, he's drifted. He's drifted from where he knows he needs to be. Now, many of us, most of us know the story. Uh, Jesus goes to the cross and dies and then defeats death, hell, and the grave. And on the third day, he comes out of the grave, the only person to ever do that. And then he appears to his disciples and he appears to some of the ladies. At one point, he tells them where he's going to be and he tells them to make sure that Peter's there. And so he meets them where most of the disciples have a connection, and that's fishing. And they're out in the water, and he starts communicating with them, and they, they realize it's Jesus. And so they go in, and Jesus has prepared breakfast for them. But here he takes Peter to the side, and he said uh, in uh, John chapter 21, uh, starting with verse 16, uh, or 15. After breakfast, Jesus said, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. And then Jesus said this to Peter, then feed my lambs. Now, that's one. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep. That's two. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time, and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then Jesus said, then feed my sheep.
Now, you remember when he had this conversation and Peter didn't know what was coming, he said, Peter, when you repent, when you're forgiven, encourage your brothers, love your brothers, feed your brothers. He said that in advance. But now here, after it's happened, after it's taken place, after Peter has drifted, after Peter has looked in Jesus' eye and denied him three times, then Jesus looks at Peter three times and says this, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs, feed my sheep. Now, before any spiritual maturity in my life, I'd heard many preachers preach on this context, and in most cases, they would say that in this context that Jesus was reminding Peter three times that he had messed up. And I disagree with that. I look at this because then at the end of each time, he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Then feed my my sheep. I believe that three times Jesus said, okay, you're repenting. You need to get back to where you were. You need to get back in the game. And you need to do what I've called you to do. Now, last week I talked about my dog training and how when I had my heart issue in December of 2017 that I would say, when can I get back to dog training? And then when things were better, I didn't. Uh, And for the past three years, I haven't done anything with my dogs. Uh, I mentioned last Sunday that on Saturday I'd taken them out and and what happened was we took the dog swimming and and I halfway there I said well I've I've forgotten this or I, I wish I'd have brought that and three years prior when we were training. I knew what equipment I needed. I was in a groove. I was in a niche. I didn't forget things. We'd go. We'd train. I mentioned that I'd train at least four days a week, go out with the dogs for an hour, sometimes an hour half, sometimes a couple hours, depending on who was with me and what we needed to do. But there was a, a comfort. There was a confidence. There, There was a... Uh, a feeling of of okay we can do this I mentioned last week that on Saturday it was a different feeling and I asked the folks that were here last week did they think that I had forgotten everything about dog training and the answer was no uh, I asked the folks did that they think that, that I could train a, a dog again, and the answer was yes. But last Saturday when I went and took the dogs swimming, here was some of the feelings that, that I felt. I was, 
I was uncomfortable. It, it felt awkward. Uh, I wasn't embarrassed, but when we got there, uh, there was a gentleman I didn't know, and I knew that if he was watching me and watching my dog, that he would look at me and think, man, this dude's a beginner. And so a lot of times when we've drifted from something, when we've backed up from something, there is that element to it. There's, there's, there can be embarrassment. Uh, there sometimes can be that feeling, of, yeah, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Uh, sometimes we look at something and we feel unworthy to get back something or to where we were. A big one that we sometimes do is, and admit, is what are, what are people saying? What are people thinking? Uh, and that matters to us sometimes. And then there's that disappointment. Sometimes we have a feeling of disappointment, a disappointment that, hey, this is where I was, and now look where I'm at. I, I've used this before. Uh, when you travel, uh, ladies, if you're driving in the car, you know, you kind of like, like to look at the countryside and you like to stop and see which places have the, the cleanest bathrooms. And so you stop often. And, and for the man, he's got a, when he gets in that vehicle, he's like, how quick can I get there? And when you get on that interstate, you pass in vehicles. And when the wife says, Let's stop. What's in the man's mind is I've just passed 10 transfer trucks and now I'm going to have to pass those same 10 transfer trucks again. And this is getting into my time of getting to where I need to be. It's just the way we're, we're wired. And it's, it's funny, but, it, but it's not funny. Here, here's the deal. I said that about last Saturday. I didn't train four days this week, but I did go out again yesterday. And here's what I would tell you. Uh, still felt a little awkward, but it felt better than it did last week. Felt more natural. Uh, still not where I was, but we had fun and it was felt good to be in that environment again felt good to be with the dogs and last week and yesterday I saw things that could build on now here's the thing if I'm going dog train I've got to get back to the fundamentals with those dogs I've got to go back to the start with the sit stay heal come and hammer them home. Now, it's not where I should be, but it definitely is where I'm at. I had another experience, and I mentioned this last week, uh, but this week, uh, Debbie and I went to my new cardiologist, my new heart doctor, and we changed to Spartanburg. My, my previous cardiologist was in Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's a long drive, being on the interstate can be aggravating. And so I just wanted to get closer home. And so we made an appointment, went to my cardiologist. 
had been to my internist and got done some blood work. Uh, blood work looked pretty good. And Debbie even said, said, your bad cholesterol is, is in the normal range. Well, when I saw what it was, I said, that's not good. You see, for a person that's got a stent like me and now Robert, uh, they want it 70, and this is your bad cholesterol, 70 or less. When we did the blood work, mine was around 77, 78, so close to 80. So we go to the doctor, and he looks at everything. And here's what he says. He says, Jack, your bad cholesterol's okay, but it's not where I want it to be. And he said, you're on 20 milligrams of Torvastat, and I'm going to up it to 40 milligrams because I want it to be 70 or less. And I looked at Debbie as if to say, I told you. And then I had to share with him, because here's the deal. With me, at this point in my life, and I understand this, I've got to eat right, which I'm thankful for Debbie because she cooks good, and she cooks things that are good for me. So I'm blessed, and, and I told the doctor that. So I've got to eat good. I've got to make choices with food that's in my best interest. I've got to exercise, and I've got to take my medicine. Those are the three things that I have to do. Now, here's what I shared with the doctor. Doctor, I understand that my bad cholesterol is high, but when... When I was watching what I ate, and I do, and when I was exercising, and when I was taking my medicine, those numbers are better. And I said, doctor, since March, I said, now, Debbie and I joined the Y. We were in a niche. We were in a groove, and we were doing good until March when the pandemic hit. And... Then we stopped going to the Y, obviously. And we said we would exercise at home. But since March, I haven't been exercising. And I've got to be truthful with that. So, got to eat right. I'm doing that. Got to take my medicine. I'm doing that. But I drifted from a key element. One out of the three. I drifted from exercise. Now, here's what I can say with that. In 2018, when I started rehab, I hadn't been into a gym in years. I felt uncomfortable. I felt awkward. I was a PE major. I wondered what were people going to think or say as I started back to a gym and working out. Once Debbie and I got in a groove and we got there walking on the treadmill, I started working out with weights and, and feeling really good. Now, here's what I can say about these passages of Scripture. Where I was then felt awkward. It felt funny. Took me a while. But you see, once I got into the groove, once I did what I knew I needed to do, it was okay. Here's where I am at now and was able to say this to the doctor. You see, March isn't that far off. And even though I drifted, it's not going to feel awkward. And I'm not going to be uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, I told the doctor, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start exercising again. I'm, basically, 
I'm going to show you. <laughs> I, I'm going to prove a point. You see, I hadn't drifted as far as I caught it. And the doctor said, hey, this, this isn't, it, it's okay, but it's not where I want it to be. And I'm able to assess that and go, you know what? I'm going to start exercising again. I'm going I'm on, I'm on, I'm on to grab this bull by the horns, and I'm going to do the three things that I know I need to do to maintain my health and to do, do good. And this time, rather than being awkward and, and nervous and worried about what people are saying, I looked at it, and I was excited. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get back there. Now, in both cases, make no mistake about it, there's a going back to where you were, and then when you get where you were, moving forward. And that's what happens when we drift, whether it's with your health, whether it's with, with a hobby, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's spiritual. But it's a matter of looking at it, whether you've drifted a long way off and it feels uncomfortable, you got to go through that to get back where you were. Some of you may look at it today and you've realized it, you've drifted, but you haven't drifted very far and you're excited. You want to get back to where you were. And that's okay as long as you do what God wants you to do. And that's the key. Now, the passage that I read last Sunday and I want to read again today and it's spiritually how we get back uh, and this is Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 and then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves now especially when you've drifted and, and you're in that awkward uncomfortable disappointed embarrassing state uh it's humbling. When I first went back to the gym after years of not doing much, uh, I was humbled. I went in with my tail tucked between my legs. I, I, I didn't like it. It took me a while to get my bands. It took me a good while to get back in shape. Uh, and so it's a picture of, of this. Uh, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, talk to God, let him know where you are, be realistic with him. Uh, talk to him like you would talk to me or your spouse or your friend. Talk to him and let him know, pray, and seek his face. Once again, that's the key. Not what the human aspect wants, but what God wants. And then, here's the kicker, turn from their wicked ways. If we can do all of those, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Now, I'm going to do one more passage of Scripture, but we saw where he told Peter that when he said, when you repent, encourage my brothers, encourage the kingdom, love the kingdom. Now, in John chapter 8, he deals with a woman in adultery. And it says this, as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery and they put her in front of the crowd. Now, can I go ahead and tell you, I can guarantee you she feels awkward. 
she's been caught in the act, which means when she's thrown in front of Jesus, she probably didn't have a whole lot on. Uh, and she's guilty. She knows it. They know it. She's been caught in the act. So I'm sure she's embarrassed. I'm sure she feels vulnerable. I'm sure she doesn't know what's going on. Jesus, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to Stoner, what do you say? And they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding the answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down and he began to write in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. The oldest who knew the law. The oldest who had wisdom. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd. Now, don't miss this. When, John, uh, when Jesus interacted with Peter, and Peter had denied him three times, and the last time to his face, Jesus could have crushed Peter. He could have disciplined him. He could have laid the hammer down. In this instance, the question is, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Everyone leaves but Jesus, and he is without sin, so he can, for sure, throw the first stone. So, then Jesus stood up again and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Don't miss this. First Chron Second Chronicles, now here in the New Testament, Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Jesus could have crushed Peter and Jesus himself could have crushed this adulterous woman. She was guilty. You and I are guilty. We've all drifted like Peter drifted and like this woman who drifted and didn't even know it. She didn't have a relationship with Jesus. But Jesus' purpose and his response is, come to me get back to me, and then move forward. Feed my sheep. Be an example. Now, I don't know where you are in your walk or your journey today. Uh, you may be just as strong as you've ever been, and that's, that's awesome. But I do know for many people, and especially living in this day and time, drifting is a possibility. Well, what do you do? You get back to where you were. And you do that with the fundamentals. You pass those same 10, 18 wheelers that you've already passed before. You do it again. You get back out ahead, and then you move forward with God. If you're uncomfortable today or, or disappointed today or or if you're excited, whichever case it is, I believe with all my heart today, God says, I'm not here to zap you. I'm here to restore you like Peter. And I'm here to let you know, like the adulterous woman, go away 
Turn from your wicked ways. Do what I want you to do, what I've called you to do. That's feed sheep. It's feed people. It's be a positive light in a dark world. Easy? Absolutely not. But necessary in the spiritual journey of life. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your love letter. It knows a lot of scripture today. Uh, but I'm thankful for Peter, uh, his passion. Uh, I'm even thankful for his mistakes because they, they help me realize that I'm going to make mistakes. And when I do, I need to be quicker in my resolve, be quicker in my, my turning around. Uh, and I pray that I do that. And so, Lord, as it deals with my physical health, I pray that you'd be with me, help me to do the things that I need to do. Socially, I pray that, Lord, if you want me to get back into dog training, that I'll see that and do that, use that for your glory. Most of all, Lord, I pray uh, spiritually that I'll stay strong, stay plugged in, stay focused, and, and, and for sure never, ever drift as far away as I have have in the past. I need your wisdom, I need your strength, I need your love. And, and I want to be like Peter. And I for sure want to feed your sheep. So Lord, I thank you again for your love letter. I thank you again for your love for us and for not disciplining us and zapping us when we deserve it. And I pray that we would see that and grab hold of that. Lord, we love you today and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be honest, I didn't really know what I was going to do for this last song, and uh, a huge part of me wanted to do I'm Following God again, but I was like, well, we did that last week, so I probably shouldn't, and then Jack does part two, and I'm beginning to think that uh, I might need to retitle this Drifting instead of I'm um, Following God. I'm just, I'm really liking, when it's the first word of the First word of the song as well. Drifting, I'm turning this around. Living for the glory of another name now. Giving what's held me back. Willing to believe is everything that I lack. So I'm following God. No longer on my own path. I'm following Jesus And I'm giving everything that I have If there's life in this shell Put wind in my sails I'm following God I'm following, I'm following I'm following God Well God's been talking now it's time to walk that walk And I've been listening Now I gotta go and heed the call Cause he's been working on my heart And I've been building up walls And God has sounded that horn Now it's time that they fall So I'm following God No longer on my own path I'm following Jesus And I'm giving everything that I have there's life in this shell 
put wind in my sails. I'm following God. I'm following. I'm following. I'm following God. Well, I've prayed and I've waited and I've watched you move. So I'm pushing a boat out and Lord, I'm following you. Well, I've prayed and I've waited and I've watched you move. So I'm pushing a boat out and I'm following you. Well, I've prayed and I've waited and I've watched you move. And I'm pushing a and Lord, I'm following you. Well, I've prayed and I've waited and I've watched you move. So I'm pushing a boat out and Lord, I'm following you. I'm following God. No longer on my own path. I'm following Jesus. And I'm giving everything that I have. If there's life in this shell, put wind in my I'm following God I'm following I'm following I'm following God I'm following I'm following I'm following God Alright North Point and everyone else watching um, thank y'all for being with us this morning love you guys have a great week